Welcome to Behind the Post, a podcast discussing all things B2B social media, presented by Octopost. In each episode, you'll hear from creative social media managers who will discuss what really takes place behind social media and how they fuel their own creative process. Listen on for inspiration, tips, and secrets you need to craft your next masterpiece social campaign and engage your audience. Introducing your host, Olivia Messina. Hello, and welcome back to Behind the Post. My next guest believes brands win when they make it about their community, not themselves. So the audience must be at the heart of any content strategy to build trust and generate meaningful dialogue. He strives to expand company horizons surrounding social media, specializing in building dynamic and bold strategies that deliver audience value and support business growth. Without further ado, please welcome to the show, the head of social media at the Bank of London, Alex Taylor Noble. Alex, are you ready to go behind the post with me? I'm ready. Let's do it. Amazing. Well, listen, I'm so thrilled to have you here today because anytime I think about social media in the finance industry, I always think of you. You are quite the expert and I'm just excited to pick your brain and learn more about how you approach social strategy and how you're using social to support business growth. So I'm very excited to have you here. No, listen, very, very, um, very, very happy to be on here as well. I think uh, it's something podcast um, that I've been I've been aware of for a while. Obviously, I know you guys at Octopus very well. Um, and the the little content nuggets and things that you get on, on LinkedIn um, are, are perfect um, and digestible for for the, the community. So, uh, yeah, hopefully we can uh, we can give them some some more today. Yeah, I'm sure we will. So I'll start you off with an easy one. Could you just give our listeners a brief look at your professional journey and how you found yourself as the head of social media at the Bank of London? Yeah, sure. So I guess it definitely didn't start in finance. Um, I found myself here um, with a, with an interesting journey that, that began um, similarly to you in fashion lifestyle kind of blogging. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result of that, I was running their social media channels and really started to... Um, get a big enjoyment factor out of the engagement um, and how you could start to build communities based upon um, you know what you're posting about and knowing that you can ca- you're catering to that audience um, by understanding what they respond to and what they're receptive to so from there I, I effectively started working in social media um, in mainly in community management and in content strategy in the sports industry um, and then from there kind of took a bit of a beeline into the fintech space um, where there was a really cool opportunity at my previous company. Um, to kind of build their their social strategy, um, and that you know was a kind of a movement that I took from being in the weeds every day in the community management and content um, content posting and, and content creation aspect to thinking more of overall about a, an overarching strategy and how social really supports a business instead of it being like a silo um, workspace, which I think um, it's seen to be by many still. Um, and then from there, um, this really cool opportunity came up with the Bank of London. Um, we're a, we're a new um, startup bank in the clearing and settlement um, sector. It basically provided me with a blank canvas from which to build a strategy from from the ground up and really try and um, take everything that I've hopefully learned from from previous experiences and and um, build something that that can really drive value for for our audience. So so that's where I am today. Amazing. Well. I totally can feel you on the community management side. I think that is what first really excited me about social media when I was like still in college. I was in totally, I was in education at the time, but I loved social media because you can connect with so many people. And that's what 
I think my passion for social really started with that. Um, mm. So I totally agree with you there. Um, yeah, I think really- I think what you sorry, I'm just going to say I think what you just ahead. said there and community is is so key because um, I mean you said it in your your lovely intro. Um, I'm a believer in brands win when they make it you know about the communities and not themselves. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think there is a, a real um, unfortunately a, a real um, issue with lots of brands working on assumption and thinking that because they're in 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 the weeds of what they do they know exactly or they assume to know exactly what their audience wants to consume but really it should be flipped entirely and actually yeah. you know less talking more listening so to speak and 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 you know build build a community based on what they want to consume and, and not the other way around so just wanted to yeah. say I agree <laughs> no I totally agree with that I think this year is going to be the year of you have to put people at the heart of everything you do, whether it's your employees, your social media audience, your customers. If you're not doing that, you're not going to win. And especially when it comes to social, you have to give your audience content that they're going to care about. Because if you don't give them a reason to trust you or care about what you're posting, what is the point? You can never build a community around that. So I definitely, and I think in the space of, in the banking space and financial services where you know, it's it seemed to be you know each corporate brand has got quite this like hard um, you know not very soft sort of corporate exterior, um, mm-hmm. and I think the best way to 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 break that down is by putting humans in in front because I mean I know everyone said this all the time but B two B it's still human to human social channels you know the algorithms prefer interpersonal um, interaction so that's what you really want to strive for you want people to represent your brand as much as as, as your brand representing them on, on social media. And I, I think that's, um, I agree, a, a real uh, trend for this year is, is how, how, to, how to break down that corporate brand and, and humanize it so that content becomes relatable. You start to build the trust element. And I think it all stems back to, as you say, it's got to be what they want to consume. And the, best, the only way you're going to figure that out is by understanding your audience and listening to them um, instead of simply, um, you know, I guess, casting out this arrogant monologue that you know what's best for them consistently and continuously so um yeah I would agree uh, entirely with what you said yeah and it's funny because you see it everywhere we're always posting like b2b is human to human be more human be authentic but a lot of brands still aren't doing it and it's so funny because like everyone is talking about it but some people are still not doing it but I want to talk about how you approached social strategy when you started, because you said you were starting with a blank slate. So I would love to know mm-hmm. how you kind of got started. And also, are you a team of one or do you have people under you? Or are you totally going this just a one person team? Yes. Yeah, so I guess where to start. Um, firstly, I was new to the banking world, um, which is a very heavily regulated world um, where you know, although we're a, could be seen as a startup or a, as a disruptor, the fact of the matter is there are lots of regulatory hoops and, and compliance issues that we need to be very careful with. Of course, um, I had history in working in betting, in gambling, mm-hmm. which was you know managing that kind of aspect. So I kind of had dealt with lots of regu- regulations, but obviously that's kind of a, a slightly different beast. Yeah. So I think the first thing for me before we got going with any kind of um, of, of strategy was education and insight and speaking internally and trying to understand what we can and what we can't do and you know there's no way you can just learn that in a few weeks you know new on the job but I think it, yeah. the, the, the first approach is am I a team of one yes in terms of, of social and, and digital activity 
at the moment, yes, I am. Um, it's myself and, and my boss um, who work and we manage our, our corporate affairs team, which is effectively everything reputation when it comes to comes to the Bank of London. Um, but the key for me was, okay, I might be a team of one when it comes to actual social output, but when it comes to strategy, for me, fundamentally, what I'm there to do is support business objectives and drive the business forward using mm-hmm. social media as a vehicle. So although, again, a team of one, as I said, let's bring in all key internal stakeholders into our content planning and strategy to then understand what are our key objectives as a business? How can we then utilize social to, 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 to basically drive those forward? And then from there, how can we ensure that everything, because we're still fairly new, we're looking to do things on a campaign by campaign basis probably. So if we're built with launching a new campaign, how do we have everyone that we need to have approval and um, eyes on that um, on that sort of concept, so that before we start working on it, we know that we've got the green light from you know the the people that need to need to see it because that's the only way that we can get through that that kind of um, regulatory um, net or hoop. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, making sure that you know we've got the right people involved to to, to launch the strategy forward because. I'm basically fed up of people saying that, you know, social is a silo, work in silo. And, you know, it's just, it is social and the social team will do that. It For me, the reason I was brought in was to drive the business forward and help business objectives be achieved. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is the fundamental of the strategy. Planning is different, right? Planning is where we, you know, maybe take it as a team of one and start orchestrating content calendars and understanding, you know, thematic content pillars that we want to talk about with buy-in from the relevant people within the business. But when you say the word strategy, that for me is underpins how my area of expertise, social, helps drive this business forward and achieves the goals that it you know that it wants, whether that's, you know, raising brand awareness in order to be, you know, more um sort of renowned within industry in terms of um looking to to raise funding. Or it may be, you know, talent acquisition. How can we make the Bank of London seem like a great place to work? Or customer acquisition. How can we basically be seen as thought leaders within our industry to sort of build that trust and dialogue with potential customers on the social? So whatever it may be, um, it's got to support business objectives. And I think bringing people in early is, is a good way to do it because the worst thing is to get to the end of a campaign or are ready to launch and people go, well, hang on a second, that doesn't quite tick this box or that box. And yeah. it's happened to me. And I'm sure it's happened to you. It's, it's devastating because then you've got no content and you've also yeah. got to start from square one. So... Mm -hmm. I hope that in some answers your question. Yeah, it definitely does. And I have a follow-up question about for maybe social media managers or B2B marketers that maybe don't have that buy-in from leadership or executives yet. I think you said that you had the buy-in early on and they brought you on to use social media to support growth. But what advice do you have for social media managers that are trying to get buy-in about like using social media or maybe investing in employee advocacy or they want to be taken more seriously and have a seat at that strategy table. So do you have any advice for them for getting that buy-in? Uh, yeah, it's a good question. Um, as you say, I was fortunate with with those around me to, to understand. I mean, our CEO from the top is a huge believer in, in the power of social, which is fantastic. But then again, you know, when it comes to, to buying, it's also key to kind of, you know, showcase what you want to achieve, but more importantly, why. So I think 
fundamentally, there's kind of three pillars for this. I think the first one is use cases and that competitor analysis. Show that your competitors are on the are on those channels, whether they're doing it well or not. That's one. That's another thing because you know if they're doing it well, then you then you've got an easy case of saying, look, these guys are thriving. Look at the amount of reach the uh, followers are, they've they've got. Look at their engagement rates, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We're missing a trick here. Flip it on its head. If they're doing badly, look, these guys are on there, but they're actually doing pretty terribly. There's some gaps in the market that we could do to infiltrate this this market and become a leader pretty quickly if we do x y and z so use cases um are a great example and i you know i stand by the three words that my old cmo at finastro has said data insight action provide the data offer the insights and then act and then build an action plan off the, off the back of it um i think the other thing as well understanding uh the people aspect mm-hmm. so with regard to, to social media i think training is 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 one of the key things that you can you can implement because a lot of um, you know, a lot of man- management teams, a lot of directors of companies, whatever it may be, their perception of social media, you know, whether it's um, personal usage or professional usage, will be a scroll on LinkedIn or a scroll on, on Instagram. It's like building that 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 foundation to help them understand how you can help support them to help help me help me to help them effectively. So. You know, mm-hmm. training um, training platforms, I think, are, are so important. Whether you direct them to, to LinkedIn Learning and those kind of things, I would suggest that you actually host training internally and, and, and show the value of social media and help people understand, um, you know, from a personal perspective, how to build that personal brand, but at the mm-hmm. same time, how that can help build a, a professional brand. Um, and I think fundamentally, eyes need to be opened in how, how social media can benefit companies and support yeah. business objectives. So I think if you if you position yourself kind of like we talked about before, not as just on social media as a as a kind of means to an end or an add on, but actually this is how we can help elevate the business to help achieve business objectives. Um, I think internal training um, and use cases are two are two key things um, to to possibly to push that on. Um, you'd hope in this day and age you get buy in by after that, but um, you never know. Yeah, I think once you can show them that what the activities that you're doing on social helps to move the needle. I think that is when you hook them. So incredible. Thank you for that. Um, I want to move into a few tactics you use when you're creating content. So when you are sitting down to maybe batch your content or you're creating posts, do you have a few tips to make the content that you're creating engaging? Do you feel like it's challenging to make that kind of content more interesting in a regulated industry? Yeah. So, I mean, right. Banking, financial services, it's not known to be riveting. Let's be serious. <laughs> so how how do we change, you know, that B to boring into something more exciting, right? Um, I think that's quite difficult. Um, I think you've got, I think it's really dangerous to suddenly say, oh yeah, be funny. Because you try to be funny is difficult and can kind of fall flat in its head. I think the first thing we talk about um, engaging. The what's going to be most engaging is content that your audience wants to receive. So before we talk about, you know, again, I guess we'll talk about start listening before you talk. Listen and understand what they want to consume. That's going to give you a good basis that you're probably going to generate more engaging content than just trying to, you know, be be um, you know off the cuff with your with your strategy. 
trying to jump on trends the whole time. Not every trend is going to work for you. So I think just listen to what your audience is, is, is saying. I think fundamentally it's key. The next thing I'd say is give, give, give. Um, you know, how do you make your channel a destination? How do, how do you make people think I need to follow them based on what you're, you're giving? And the thing is upfront value. You know, so many brands out there will ask for click-throughs, find out, you know, the, 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 the kind of um, the insights that they're, they're potentially promoting. Give upfront value, give people a reason to follow you and they'll come back for more. Um, and I think the other thing is sort of thought leadership is such a, a generic um, statement that gets branded around all the time. But you can't be a thought leader if all you're doing is regurgitating other people's content. Like, I think it's so important to either give that contextual commentary for your audience that's like purpose of every post that's built for purpose. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I think a key trend, and I'm sure you'll agree this year, is, you know, looking at those kind of much um, much more focused nano influencers slash create content creators and thinking how you can partner with them to add that kind of further endorsement for your thinking and reach new relevant audiences as a means of one, bringing new people into your community, but also building engaging content that's likely to, to cater for, um, for, for dual purpose. Um, and my final thing would be, and I've said it before, people, you know, stop just ex- thinking that um, your audience is going to come to your corporate channel and that's going to be, that's going to be great. The, the, way it, the way that your people can multiply your reach and your engagement just by sharing, adding that little bit of contextual commentary, adding that little bit of added value, opinion, insight, whatever it may be, people want to engage with people. So the more that your employee, your employees and your um, are, are, are pushing stuff to their network, the better your reach, the better your engagement levels, and the more human and authentic and likelihood is the better brand, uh, brand trust and brand equity that you'll build. Um, that's kind of a few, few that I, I had in mind. Mm-hmm. Well, I think I I really love that you pointed out giving to your audience because this is something that me and Addie, my other colleague on the social team, we're really trying to do this year is to cut back on how much we're asking from our audience and start giving them more. So we're transitioning into 80% give, 20% ask, because we realized we were just asking them to yeah. sign up for too many things and click to go onto our website. And it's just, first of all, it's it's not engaging. And second of all, social media now has to be its own entity. It is no longer just clicking to go somewhere else or go to a third-party website. You have to make it a space where people want to be, like you mentioned earlier. So I think it's all about cutting back on how much you're asking them to do and thinking about what can I do for them? I couldn't agree more. I mean, if you think about it, you know, whether it's B2C, B2B, whatever, when you're scrolling, the channels that you spend the most time on and engage with, you never, they never ask you to go, like, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo is the most followed person in the world on social media. You follow him for updates there and then because that's what you follow him, the reason you follow him for value. Mm-hmm. We, we've got to get into the minds of our consumers and our audiences when we're thinking about social media. They're not following us because they want to give us their details to generate a lead. They're following us for value and insight and they want a reason or a hook to be able basically to be um, entertained, educated or engaged. Sim- mm-hmm. Simple as that. Now, it's our job to make sure that if we give that upfront, hopefully their action will be that they want to give their information. But that mm-hmm. can't just be 
you know, it can't be a transactional relationship. There's got to be a, a two-way, a two-way thing. It's got we've got to give them the, the value. And I think one other way of, of of doing that, or one key way of doing that, is building trust. Mm-hmm. And just I just thought of one other kind of I guess um, insight is is there are so many companies that sort of pride themselves in this cultural calendar that they follow and they celebrate every national holiday around the world and they talk about every single day within the cultural calendar be it you know pride or um you know any any other um sort of major um cultural holiday or um you know celebratory day but they don't have any action it's all lip service mm-hmm. it's all there as a tick box as a means to an end to 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 hopefully um generate some engagement off the back of a, of something that everyone's talking about mm-hmm. and i think we need to look at a quality over quantity approach yeah. and actually provide tangible actions that are visible to our audiences based on what we're talking about. So if that means you're only talking about 12 things a year, but you can actually prove that you are making a difference in that area in some way and not just celebrating it um, because everyone else is, mm-hmm. um, I think that is that's another way of generating genuine, authentic um, engagement um, and also building a, a real followership that, that actually want to, want to follow you um, and your brand or yourself for, for, um, you know, for, for real purposes. Yeah, I totally agree. And I think it can be hard sometimes to pick and choose what you are talking about on social because you always want it to be authentic and you always have to look at your audience and ask yourselves, is this something our audience cares about? Is this something that us as a team, we're celebrating, we're doing, we're consistently talking about? Because if not, it's just not authentic. Um, And I wanted to talk about to something that you brought up a little bit earlier. Um, and I think it can be challenging for social media professionals to give pushback to maybe leadership when they are asking you, hey, can you just post this link to the webinar? Or we have this event coming up. Can you just create a post? And I think that is when us as social media professionals have to be able to say like, no, I know this will not perform well. And sometimes it might be the case of, okay, I'll post it and then I'll show you the results. And then maybe you won't ask me to do that next time. But how do you suggest or do you have any tips or tricks on how we can like stand our own and give pushback and just communicate that this probably isn't going to work and you need to trust me to do my job? Yeah, I mean, I I think we've got a specifically, or sorry, I should say, especially hard um, remit considering everyone's an expert in social, right? Yeah. So it's it's you know everyone's got Instagram, or most people do, or Facebook, or someone's on some kind of platform, um, and you know, I I think use cases again is is a is a I think well actually the first thing before you get that is is built way back when in your strategy. I think you've got to iron out right at the beginning in your planning phases that, you know, when it comes to the, the content that we are, um, that is going on our, our channels, that, that especially the proactive kind of approach, we've got to um, have everyone, you know, all internal stakeholders um, aligned before that campaign launches. And once that, once that green light goes and we start, it can't be stopped. Um, and I think it's, you know, unless, you know, unprecedented circumstances. But I think, Simultaneously, when it comes to reactive strategy, there also has to be an approval process in line with, with, with that. Because, and I think once approval processes are signed off, 
by those at the top. It can't, it, it shouldn't, and it can't be, um, it can't kind of be, um, you know, ignored or, or, um, or fast tracked. Mm-hmm. Because just like any other area of the business, you know, you wouldn't suddenly ask a sales guy to send out um, an email that, that, you know, ask for a contract to be sent through a week before with a warm lead just because, you know, someone's going on holiday. It just wouldn't, it just wouldn't yeah. happen. It's, so it's the same kind of thing. I think the key is to try and, sh- try and build respect for the industry and for, for your role based on things like how you can support business objectives because that would mm-hmm. suddenly make people take it more seriously. Um, but I think I think the other thing is, and as I said, use cases like there was there was a time um, where I was asked very um, uh, this was this was a while ago, but asked um, very frequently to post things, you know, tomorrow or yesterday, or let's just get it out and see mm. what happens. Yeah. Now that goes against the grain of all strategy and planning that we'd been implemented for the past year. Yeah. But eventually, you just have to say, okay, fine, we will, we will just do it. And then we will showcase the results. And I think the best thing to do is is strengthen numbers. So don't just show it as an isolated post, but maybe build up a comparison of, okay, this was the results of the last 10 posts um, where we have been asked to do that. Whereas if you look at our content calendar here, this is the last 10 posts of planned activity that we've, we've you know scheduled. Now, the likelihood is, unless you know, a freak viral, um, occurrence, you're going to, you're going to have much better results on the, um, on the latter on the, on the planned stuff. Um, mm. and I think, you know, the numbers don't argue, you can't argue with numbers, can you? Even if yeah. you can argue with opinions and they love to, so numbers is kind of your best friend there, I think. Um, there's a long winded, long winded answer for you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Numbers do not lie. And also you get taken way more seriously when you have numbers to back up your argument. Yeah. And that's why I could not let you leave the show without talking about metrics and how you can use social media to demonstrate success. So I'd love to know what metrics are you measuring and what metrics do you report to leadership to show that social media can help grow and drive your business? So... Yeah, very interesting um, topic of conversation is is, is metrics and, and measuring success. What does success look like? Um, and I think you know, you'll hear people chatting about, oh, impressions are the most important because that shows how many eyes are on your posts or you know, followers are, are so important um, because that shows you know the sheer size of your community, X, Y, Z, engagement rate, blah, blah, blah. For me, again, social not being seen as this separate entity not being seen to be working in a silo your most important metrics are the ones that support your business objective or your reason for the purpose of social media at that time for the business or whoever you're reporting to so if we're looking at you know we may only be looking at infiltrating you know a a niche area of um, a niche audience because we're looking to drive um, an investment round or something like that so the 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 metrics will probably be a lot, a lot less impressive in terms of maybe reach numbers and those kind of things but in terms of accuracy and purpose of posts and engagement levels and clicks it could be you know that that that, that really kind of showcases success if it's a if it's a small audience but mm-hmm. i guess i might flip it slightly instead of saying what things we're stu- we're looking at at the moment we're we're in a phase of brand awareness right now we're looking to grow um, 
mm-hmm. grow our brand recoil build a build a bit of a community and, and start um start building brand equity and and trust so for that i'd say yeah of course i think you've got two stems to your your um your strategy you've got the community aspect which is are people within your followership responding to your um responding positively to your um your content or your post and in that respect i'd say engagement rates are the key because yeah. that is that for me is um showing how many people are actually interested in what you've got to say and with that as well like dive into it a bit more like how many are likes but how many are also comments how many people are actually contributing and cr- trying to reach out and create a dialogue with you um and i think that's really important as well because you know, it's very easy to click a like, but if there are actually responses and you're actually building content that is driving um, a two-way dialogue and 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 an engagement, then I think fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then I think the other thing is you want the, the the impressions because that's how you bring new people, like-minded people, into your community at the same time. Yeah. So that's when that impre- that sort of impression number is fantastic. But then again, how do you know whether you've sort of convinced them to 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 come through? You can't you can't track you know a, a a follow from an engagement or an impression all the way through. So mm-hmm. I think it, it's very, as you say, the numbers don't lie, but I think the core thing is whatever your objective, make sure you you understand the key, the key metrics that you want to measure, but more importantly, yeah. what they mean in the measurement of success and then communicate that upwards. So when, when they ask to see the results, you're able to say we've achieved X amount of you know, this Y um, amount of, of that, and this is what it means. Because I think fundamentally, metrics are there to um, as, as success success factors of, of a campaign, but it's more determining what those metrics mean. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, that's, that's the key. Um, yeah. Because I, I don't believe in just one underlying. Yeah, there's no one golden metric that you can look at and say That's exactly what I was yes. gonna say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like yes, this means we're successful, which I think is hard, but there's so many metrics to choose from and so many things you can look at. And something that I look at is like on a, a weekly basis, I'm looking at our impressions and our engagements to make sure that they're growing at the same time. But for us, brand awareness is our biggest goal and growth overall on social. So I'm looking at year over year growth. And it is so important to zoom in more because just because you have maybe an increase of engagements, it might not always be good. Like if you zoom in, you might have negative comments. So it's more important to look and see, are you reaching the people you want to reach? And are the engagements you're earning meaningful? Because if they're not meaningful, then you need to switch it up. Because sometimes you can look and say, oh yeah, we have an increase in our engagement rate, but maybe it's not what it seems. So it's always important to dive in a little deeper. Contextualize metrics. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I agree. And and yeah, I think, you know, lo- looking at um, the metrics that you've, you've alluded to there, but then also thinking about brand perception. So looking at slightly deeper and not just looking at sort of, you know, page analytics, but how are we perceived online? In the, mm-hmm. you know you're looking out to things like listening obviously they yeah. give you that really nice brand sentiment metric you know what are people saying about your brand like it's important as i said to listen as well as talk and and, and that's that's kind of a, a key factor that that we're looking to implement more um but I, I agree with what you're saying i think it's a tricky question the metric one because um it's subjective at the end of the day but i think uh i think people get lost in lost in the data um whether it's 
too far away or, or too honed in. Yeah, definitely. Well, look, we're nearing the end of the show here. And I have one final question to ask you that I ask yeah. all of my guests. And that is, what is one thing you wish your colleagues and other departments knew about working in social media? Yeah, so um, <laughs> it sounds simple, but just uh, the the lack of perception or understanding around what actually entails in, 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 in the role. You know, it's not simply scrolling on a feed, click like on, on, on different things. You know, there are, there are so many different, um, strings to a social media manager's, um, bow, um, be it content creation, be it, um, you know, analysis, be it strategy building, um, whatever it may be. But I think more importantly than that, that was kind of, you know, that's a, a joke comment because I know, you know, it's, it's becoming more and more, um, you know, sort of accepted as a, as an actual job. <laughs> Thanks, um, <man. laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, I think I think it's that it shouldn't be viewed. It's something that I've harped on a lot about today. But it shouldn't be viewed um, as as kind of a, a means to an end or a, or a bit part of of a company. Yeah, it's a, an amazing vehicle to to drive um, drive a company forward, to raise its um, awareness, to engage new people, to build trust. All these different things that you know marketing are looking to achieve. Um, your sales guys, if trained up well can achieve incredible results and conversion rates through social selling, through getting active and building Mm -hmm. actual relationships. So I think it's understanding as a whole how it can support a business and be a a vehicle for positive change and and conversion. Um, And I would love more people to, to be able to engage wider internal, a wider net of internal stakeholders to get to, to buy into their, their ideas. And, and help and help build them because you know we want experts from other areas of the business to collaborate with us and then produce output that is catered to the audience instead of us always having to do it um, from scratch by ourselves. So um, for me, if anyone's listening out there, that's what I'd like. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I couldn't agree more. And thank you so much for being here today. I have learned so much from you and I know our audience is probably taking notes right now. Thank you so much for all the incredible insights and tips and tricks. So yeah, thanks for being here. No, thanks for having me. Um, I've been an avid listener. So yeah, hopefully this one has some, some insights as well. Thanks for going behind the post. If you love today's show, let's get social and continue the conversation. Reach out on Twitter, Instagram, or LinkedIn and tag at Octopost. If you don't want to miss a single episode, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. For more free social media tips and resources, check us out at octopost.com. See you next time.